This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. This week's episode is sponsored by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. New episodes of MuggleCast are made possible thanks to listeners like you. Please visit patreon.com slash MuggleCast to support the show and help us grow. In exchange, you'll receive exclusive benefits, including an ad-free version of our podcast. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 326. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And we have a special guest this week. If you're familiar with Harry Potter, you will know who this person is. Welcome, Ivana Lynch, to the show. Hi, Ivana. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you. Of course, you played Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter movies over the years. And uh, what are you what are you up to these days? I know you're working on a couple of projects. Yeah, um, I'm still acting. I'm doing a play at the moment in London called Disco Pigs. Um, yeah, just that. And then I'm doing... I'm sure other people know because I bang on about it enough. I'm an animal activist, um, vegan activist. So I'm working on my own podcast, which is, I think, I guess this is how this came about because Eric has been helping me, teaching me all the technology. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. But I just realized, awesome. I don't think I've, have I ever been on MuggleCast before? Well, you were, you were on the live show at LeakyCon 2012 in okay. Chicago. Uh, I remember because you brought, <laughs> we asked you if you wanted one of our seven years shirts and you said, no, I'll bring one of my own. And you had the, <laughs> the original I? Muggle Cast shirt with oh, the silhouette. Cool. I don't know how you got it. I still but, have so it. I, I probably st- bought it, guys. Uh, yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and that's the thing for anyone who doesn't know, Ivana, Ivana's a, a true Harry Potter fan. She She heard about... Uh, the Luna Lovegood open casting call through MuggleNet all those yep. years ago, right? Wouldn't be here if not for MuggleNet. Yeah. So crazy. So yeah, crazy. I remember. Like I used to. It was. A, it was just my routine. Every day, I'd get home from school. First thing I would do, boot up my dad's. You know, it was one of those ancient computers, those <laughs> uh, desktops, and I would immediately go to MuggleNet and catch up on the news. And I knew, like, you guys are responsible for my geekery. Like for for me going on set and knowing all of the cast birthdays like i was such a weirdo <laughs> because you know the way you would you would wish like the characters birthdays and you would also wish yeah. the cast birthdays happy birthdays uh-huh. so right. i would like both be like oh did you know it's like Neville's birthday today matt and i would also <laughs> wish them their own birthdays i was so weird and i like was really proud of knowing that i didn't realize that yeah. that would freak people out um, <laughs> yeah, that's all your fault <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, yeah. sorry. You you brought the you brought the fan experience onto set, so that's pretty cool. I know. I think yeah. it was a much needed component. It was like of the only films. thing. So I was very like a very insecure teen. I just wasn't confident in myself in many ways, but I was confident in my Harry Potter 
knowledge yeah. and trivia and uh yeah i like to well, flaunt it around the set <laughs> yeah well and, and i remember when i went to the order of the phoenix set visit that was of course your first movie and the publicist was like all right everybody go easy on ivana she's new to this she's shy <laughs> ask her ask her easy questions and i and i do remember you were so shy <laughs> but you were young it's you know no but i was also probably production. starstruck by you andrew i think i probably told you that <laughs> genuinely you and then also melissa and john from pottercast when i met yeah. when i met you guys i was freaking out afterwards in the corridor and i had this chaperone because i was like underage when i started filming and she was like who are these people what are you what's wrong with you i was like you don't understand they're harry potter fandom royalty and they just interviewed me oh <laughs> uh, that's amazing you know i just and i told a story a few weeks ago on mugglecast briefly tell me if this is right i hope i got it right that uh-huh. you were listening to MuggleCast on set one day mm-hmm. and like Emma Watson comes up to you and is like what are you listening to <laughs> and you're like you're like oh MuggleCast and then you guys listen together for a little bit or something mm-hmm. um, was that right Did that happen probably like I had everything because everyone had um in the makeup rooms in the morning everyone had their like they're listening like Dan would listen to this rock I don't know what it was, punk rock kind of stuff. And I introduced everyone to Wizard Rock and and probably to MuggleCast. And I think also because didn't Ben have a crush on Emma and I was kind of trying to yeah. set them up. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like trying to talk Ben up to Emma. Um, oh my god i was not aware that you were trying to set them up that is hilarious yeah yeah i didn't get very far with that i'm not much of a matchmaker yeah but no i I definitely did tell everyone about it that's great and i remember like it always used to be so annoying when i would do interviews with you guys because you guys would be in like the same um the same chat as just like journalists who hadn't a clue about the fandom you know they just were given this briefing notes and i just wanted to get super geeky and like yeah. Talk about the real, I don't know, just the real in-depth fan and, oh, and, yeah. and, and the in-jokes and everything. And we never could. Yeah. There, there were journalists on set who would, who would not know anything about Harry Potter. That Completely. was always so frustrating because then they would turn to us in between interviews and be like, what's that character do? What's this character do? <sighs> I'm like, I'm not telling you. Read the yeah. books. Should have given him the wrong information. <laughs> so it got his. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Harry Potter has no magical abilities. <laughs> he's, a, he's a muggle. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so well, speaking of all this fandom stuff, what did you think of Cursed Child? I assume you saw it. I did see Cursed Child, yeah. I, I, did, I never read it um, because I knew I was going to see it. And I just heard so many people say, you have to experience it. So I saw it. And, um, oh, I mean, have you guys seen the play or did you just read it? Andrew, I did. Okay. So I just thought it was so... Like it really make creates the universe. Like the magic was so beautiful, and yeah. it felt like real, like traditional wizard magic. You know, almost like the the way when you go see like a magician show, there's just all this. I don't know. There's a quality about it that's really alluring. Whereas like obviously in the films, it was also high tech and polished, and um, I like right. that it felt like authentic, um, just old fashioned magic. Um, yeah. That was really beautiful to me, and it really helped create the world. And it felt very different from the the, the film universe, definitely. Um, yeah. And I, I, oh, I loved Scorpius. He was my favorite. Yeah. I thought he was so <laughs> sweet, and uh, 
he had such a vulnerable quality to him, you know, and I, I think it was, I, I just love how Joe's like her compassion, her heart for, for everyone, for making you feel for everyone really um, just shines through in her characters and especially through him, you know, or it was the Malfoys were such a detestable family before. Um, and to see someone who is like kind of weak or not weak, but like just softer, sensitive and not all the qualities that his family values. Um, yeah. I loved him. But on the other side of it, I had a big, big problem with Harry. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I and, and that really, I, 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 it, I just felt he was so, um, uh, God, I'm struggling for words here. But just the way he didn't, he, he was trying to separate um, Scorpius and Albus. I was like, dude, were you not there for yeah. all the Sorting Hat songs? You know, like <laughs> all of this, this Sorting Hat that, that spent years composing these these uh, these poems or songs or whatever you want to call them about, about you know. Y- unity. Uh, unity, yeah, about togetherness. And um, and also I just, I, I just felt like Harry's been through this. We've already, like, mm. that was such a big theme in the books. And I just really felt like Harry was wiser than this. And um, yeah. after everything we'd been through, you know, after he'd had all his fits of rage and 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 yeah. seeing that you know people divided isn't a good thing, and that the houses separating yeah. people necessarily isn't I, a good I th- thing. I think that's very fair. I mean, Harry throughout his years befriends students from other houses that's the whole point you know Dumbledore's army befriends Luna and you know he certainly makes his peace with Slytherin house because he names his child after Snape yeah so I think you're right I think he's a little Harry and cursed child and this reads through in the in the script as well a little too out of it um and you can tell stressed out yeah but it, it exists it very clearly I think exists to serve the plot and it but like that's that's apparent where it's just like, oh, we have to separate these mm. two kids now so that they'll want to be together more. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it just, um, it, it was it was out of character for me. He wasn't, yeah. um, I didn't, I just, I, I could see it coming, you know? And I don't like that in, in stories when I can, when I know what the big blow up is going to be. That it's like, you yeah. shouldn't have been trying to uh, keep these people apart. And that's yeah. going to, that's going to work against you. Um, but I guess it's also like, I mean, uh, it presents the idea that just because he's older doesn't mean he's going to be wiser and, or he's not going to always know what to do. Um, it might be that he just has more baggage, but for me, it just doesn't feel true to Harry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I do agree with your positive points, uh, particularly the magic on stage, seeing Mm -hmm. that actually happens. Like, wow, how did they do that? You really... Because they can't cheat with special effects, with digital effects. Absolutely, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really so cool. very impressive. And then, of course, uh, Fantastic Beasts. Do you love it? I loved Fantastic Beasts. I really did. <laughs> I thought it was so good. I just loved Newt. I was, like, so happy to have a really awkward hero, you know? he He's, even though he speaks, he's just, like, he's not confident. He's not... Um, he he's only in his element when he's in the the you know the animal world, and I think you you see that like he's he he deals with humans because he of of his passion for saving animals and um get, protecting them protecting animals, um but he's just not he he is just awkward and um just interesting and I, and I 
I just thought the animals were also like the the, the world. It just it, for me it always expands the world. And when you when you see the creatures and when you learn more about the creatures, um, and yeah. to see you know their culture, it's like I think you know Harry Potter has always been thought of as such a quintessentially British thing. And yes, that's Harry Potter, but that isn't the Wizarding World. And uh, it's just so exciting to have seen that expansion for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so on today's episode, we will be talking about Newt to wrap up our character Perfect. discussion series. And it's it, it's so great to have you on this episode of Anna because you love animals, like you said. So yeah. the, it works out very well. Um, and, cool. and, you know, it's also so glad we're having you on now because we just found out a couple of weeks ago that they're doing open auditions for these teenage Fantastic Beast roles, Teenage Newt, Lita, Grindelwald, Dumbledore, so which cool. I'm sure you must be theorizing a lot of the the potential storylines that jk rowling might be getting into but i was wondering do you have any advice for these teenagers since you yourself <laughs> went through <Yeah>. this <laughs> um i don't know the advice uh, i i would just say i would just say to be true to your um interpretation of the characters it's obviously it's a little bit different because they don't exactly know the characters they don't have all mm. the information on them um but i i would say like you know play in your imagination create someone who you feel is like realistic and true to what you know about them and their history um and just go and do that like don't worry about being right or being what they want just like that was what i did um and that's what i think they really picked up on um that I just was like I'm not going in to please these casting directors I'm going in to be true to the spirit of Luna and I I just had this weird confidence that I knew Luna better than anyone and if if anyone had a different interpretation of her that they were wrong <laughs> that was just what I felt <laughs> I was like and I actually said that to him which is really out of character for me it was it sounds really cocky but uh, as I say it was just like this faith I had that um where I went in and, and they were asking me about her and, and my interpretation. And I was like, you know, you, you're it's it's up to you to disagree with me, but if you if you go a different way with Luna, I respectfully have to say that you're going the wrong direction. Um, yeah. So uh, you would have boycotted all the future films, right? Oh God, it would have been painful. It would have. I would have <laughs> really. <laughs> I don't think I would have enjoyed those films who, anymore. Yeah. Who was in the room though that you said that to? Just out of uh, it was David Heyman, David Barron, David Yates. The three Davids, yeah. Oh, um, nice. And I think Fiona, well, the casting director, was there at the same time. Uh, your, yeah. your, your statements were warranted, though, because I think everybody agrees that you are Luna. Like, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just... Um, I don't... I mean, I personally don't feel like I am Luna. That would be... I feel like that'd be really big headed of me to say because I see her as such mm. like an aspirational figure. Um, mm. She's someone who just like really inspired me to just embrace anything I felt uncomfortable about myself and she still does. Um, but yeah. I just knew it was just this feeling whenever I read the books, I got this huge sense of relief and like happiness and inspiration whenever she came on the page because she was so accepting of everyone around her and so curious and so um, open to diversity. And I just was like, I was really, I felt really fierce about the fact that I just didn't want somebody who's just an actress just being like oh awesome this will advance my career and you know scheming about it I just was like no Luna is so much bigger than the actress Luna is so much bigger than whoever plays her that you just have to put her first you have to put that energy that that beautiful sort of light that she brings to the world to the, her situation around her you have to 
embody that um so yeah i would say i mean advice for people auditioning just like go as geeky as you want like just uh, you you know study and and realize it's not really about it's not about your your talent or um your experience as an actor it's about your passion for the character and like knowing these people these creators of the films as i do they just they so appreciated that when they saw that in me that i was um fierce about protecting her spirit and uh yeah as i say her story was greater than mine Um, yeah and they want someone who has ideas they don't want someone who's just going to stand up and do you know interpret it they want someone who is going to add more to it like the fact that i went to my first screen test my earrings were like um you know the way i make the earrings so i had i'd made like these pigs with wings i really thought that was like (laughs) for me that was like a little symbol of oh impossible the impossible is possible (laughs) i don't know i was going (laughs) so geeky about it and um i and they immediately pointed them out and they were like they loved them and they encouraged me then as soon as i got the role they were like all right get to work make some loon accessories and um, (laughs) they just that's great they they wanted and then the same thing with the when they couldn't exactly figure out how the lion hat how they wanted it to look they came to me and they they want someone who has specific ideas on the character and and david yates like to his credit he always said to me and i think this is really having worked with other other directors this is kind of a rare quality in the director that he always said um you know luna better than anyone in the world um he's purely because you're playing her it's like you are part of her she's part of you and he never like forced any directions on me and if he was unhappy with the way i was playing something or if he just didn't feel like it fit right all he would do was question me he would question and question till like till we got to somewhere where we had a mutual understanding until I would go like, Oh Mm. yeah, actually she would, she wouldn't do it like this. You're right. Um, so yeah, go in there, own that character and, and just really believe that you know them better than anyone. And, and you can do, you can do the best version of your character. I think. Yeah. That's great advice. You must've been thrilled. I mean, you're speaking very fondly of David Yates that you must've been thrilled to hear he was coming back for fantastic beasts. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He, yeah. he really cares for it and he really knows it. And, um, yeah, he, he, uh, he just knows how to treat actors, which is so nice because mm. yeah. so many directors just yell at you and tell you you're wrong <laughs> or yeah. just, they force you to do. And it's like, he really is such a collaborator with actors and he, um, he sees through things, you know, he always talks about, um, like the quality of, of actors or, uh, I remember when a, a while ago, oh, it was, I think it was like at the Fantastic Beast premiere and afterwards and I was saying how I really liked Queenie's character. And he was talking about, yeah, she's got, he's like, it's interesting. She's got a real Luna quality to her. And I was like, oh, mm. that's because they're not, you know, they're very different in many ways. But it is that um, sort of that essence, I think, that he was talking yeah. about. And I love that he tunes into that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. No, that was that was that was all very well said. How's J.K. Rowling doing? You hang out with her much? Um, well, I see her <laughs> at all the Lumos events because I'm an ambassador yeah. for Lumos now. Myself and uh-huh. Bonnie Wright. So I see her there a lot, and but she's always yeah. very stressed and always like everyone in the room is trying to talk to her so i just say hi oh, yeah. and i yeah. tell her my um new thoughts my recent thing has been like i've become obsessed with housing um 
because <laughs> house sorting house sorting well yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't want to go on about this but mm. basically well so i started <laughs> i started dating someone like a year ago and then was completely like shocked to discover he's a slytherin like he took the <laughs> test and i was blown away i was like I am dating a Slytherin. Like, I guess I've always, because I've always had Slytherin friends, but um, they just seem a little bit ruthless for me. But then I realized, like, I've really changed as I've grown up. Like, I used to lean more towards Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, and kind of Hufflepuff. Like, a lot of my best friends are Hufflepuffs because I, you know, they're supportive and loyal and they're lovely friends. But um, I started to realize that I'm more... um, lately more attracted to the Slytherin qualities of being ambitious and being tough and being um, uh, like, you know, yearning for greatness, that kind of thing. And yeah. so, and I do, I don't know about you guys, if you do this thing where every now and then, if like, you know, a Facebook Harry Potter house quiz crops up, kind of just want to check to be like, oh, I wonder, oh, let's see. <laughs> Make sure everything's still on up and up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To check in on your mental health. Um, <laughs> so I do this anyway. I check on it. And um, recent, and I always get Gryffindor. That just doesn't change. I'm definitely Gryffindor. But my secondary house, which used to always be Ravenclaw, has lately been Slytherin. And I've been like, mm. OMG, Uh-oh. what is going on? <laughs> yeah, like, do I need to see a psychologist? What is, what's going on? <laughs> Seriously. You're going dark. Yeah, going yeah, yeah. But um, so I got a bit obsessed with that. And so I've been writing to her about that and telling her she and I've been telling her like how accurate I found it is like how learning that my boyfriend is a Slytherin taught me so much about him, just taught me what he values and taught me how he makes choices. And um, I was like, it's really a lot more accurate than like astrology. I feel like horoscopes Mm -hmm. are so vague and housing is just it's just perfect. I don't know. I'd yeah. love to hear. You must have loved hearing that, knowing uh, you thought it was better than astral- astrology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. she's obviously I, uh... thought. Like, the more I get into the books, the more I'm like, this is such a brilliant. Like, obviously, yes, it's better that everyone just unifies, but and and, and reaches common ground. But like, it does help you understand how people make choices. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Avon, I have a, I have a confession to make. Uh, I, I You're a Oh, go on. Well, actually, yes, I did convert to Slytherin <laughs> earlier this year. A new um, Slytherin, yeah. No, I'm totally no, pro Slytherin. S- I told you, I was like, I've become the biggest Slytherin apologist. Yeah, oh, so good, I'm waiting good, to hear good. her thoughts on that. But yeah, we still write letters. Sorry, go on. I interrupted you. Good. Oh no, I was, I uh, I followed your boyfriend on Instagram a few months ago because he's very uh, attractive. He's so pretty. I know. He's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Also, that's so funny. I have to tell him that he'll be delighted. Um, but he um. <laughs> He also like that. He has such a typical Southern response to that. Whenever I tell him how like pretty I find him, he's like, "Get in line, sister," or he just like says something. <laughs> <Whoa>. he, <laughs> he just and it's joking, but he's like, it's such a Slytherin response where I'm like gushing yeah. and being so affectionate, and he's like, "I yeah. know, I'm kind of perfect." <laughs> it's really that's funny. funny. <laughs> that's so uh, cute. That's great. Though. That makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we have lots to talk about today with Ivana, but first we want to tell you about this week's sponsor. They are Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. It is summertime, and the great thing about Blue Apron is that they change the meals based on the season. So right now they're doing a lot of great meals that are, that are tailored to summer. I've been using it with my family for the past few weeks and absolutely loving it. You can get meals created for four people sent to you. And we're actually down at the beach this week with my family. 
and we brought one of our Blue Apron boxes down. And Blue Apron recipes, they're so easy to create that even in a small little kitchen like we have here uh, down at the beach, it's no problem to make these. They give you easy instructions. You need minimal tools. They're easy to cook, and they are delicious. Here are a few of the featured upcoming meals. There's a seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers. There's creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles <laughs> pickles, and sweet potato wedges. There is a fresh basil fettuccine pasta with sweet corn. And there's also chili butter steaks with Parmesan potatoes and spinach. Mm-mm. Don't like any of those recipes? No problem. You can choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. And Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they will make it right. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash mugglecast. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash mugglecast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. So let's move on to our <laughs> – let's talk about Newt now. Let's talk more in depth about Newt. So like I said, this is our final uh, – we've been, we've, been, we've been talking about particular characters, Ivana, on each episode – and uh, we've reached the final one here. So we, I wanted to start off with name origins because looking at the different parts of his name, I mean, gosh, like it, they perfectly align. <laughs> Newt's, Newt's names and and uh, how, we know how we with see J.K. him. Rowling too. Everything is intentional. Everything is highly, highly well right, chosen. Exactly. Yeah. Though there is one part that I want to get into when looking at the name origins here. But so so Newton. Uh, was derived from the old English place name meaning new town. <laughs> that one and, and that one, it's like, oh, okay, well, he came to a new town in Fantastic <laughs> Beats. He went to New York. <laughs> We're ticking that box real early. Yeah. Ticked, yep. Uh, Artemis was a goddess in Greek mythology, the daughter of Zeus and Leto, and the twin sister of Apollo. She is the goddess of the moon, hunting the wilderness wilderness and the gift of taming wild animals hello <laughs> in myth artemis spends most of her time hunting which she has common in common with newt although he seeks wild animals for conservation rather than sport and then fido this is the part i thought was interesting it's of latin origin meaning i trust or faithful now i was wondering what what's the connection here is it are we going to see something faithful come through in a future movie or does it mean his Hufflepuff shining through um that's that's what I'm thinking of is because Hufflepuffs are very loyal and in that case you know loyal to be extrapolated to mean faithful as well um yeah but as well you know the Latin fidelis meaning truth uh I think that Newt in spite all odds is very true to himself and true to his own character in the way that Ivana, you were just talking about, you know, as well being with, with Luna, how you approach the character. Um, Luna is also, you know, her own person. She is very much mm-hmm. herself and Newt is, is that. So I think gifting this, this middle name, the second middle name to Newt um, is a way of saying that, th- that this character is, is true to his self. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I, hang on a second. I'm. I need to backtrack. Where did you get all these names? So it's. Uh, Are these in Fantastic 
based the movie I think in the or book, the book? I think in, in the, the book, books, the, yeah, yeah, not in the movie. Yeah, it's it's more. But I'm trying to relate it to the movie because now we're okay. you know we're focusing more on that. Mm-hmm. So it's just um, the 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 only thing in the actual Fantastic Beasts book is that uh, well, I mean they added something new. They added that forward by him, but I think in the yeah. biography section it just says Newton right. Artemis Fido's commander. Mm-hmm. That's his name. Yeah. Um, and did I you say? Yeah. And so Artemis is a girl's name, a goddess. Well, a goddess, goddess in Greek Greek mythology. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Were you going to mm-hmm. say something, Micah? I, I just think that the names play really well to his character and and i thought the fido one was just a little fun thing that jk rowling threw in there you know Mm -hmm. just it's it's your everyday kind of basic dog's name right (laughs) (laughs) here fido here boy here no but the fact that that would kind of be his one of his middle names which obviously you guys mentioned we haven't really heard much about at all in the films but Mm -hmm. it's there and and i don't know it 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 adds to his character that's for sure I like that. And then his last name, of course, is Scamander, and anyone could immediately pick up on that when first hearing his name. It's mm-hmm. very similar to Salamander, which is a type of lizard. So, by the way, are salamanders like are they real in the Muggle in our world? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think okay. so. Yeah, because they, they actually have... change colors and feed on yeah. flames. That sounds so wizardy to me. I don't think they feed on. Fl- I think that's I the J.K. Rowling as- affectation oh, okay. of that. Um, yeah, See, but salamanders I get so are... confused. Or I'm like, wait, were phoenixes real and are they extinct? Like, I'm <laughs> right. so, this is one where I'm like, so J.K. Rowling salamanders. Yeah. Yeah. Sal- salamanders are that creature that exists. Like they they study them in Care of Magical Creatures, I think, in one of the years. But they're totally real. It's one of those real creatures that was just appropriated for the Wizarding World for some reason. Like I would love to know why she did that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Scamander is also. Luna's future last name, isn't it? Hell yes. Uh. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Ralph. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, do you think when Joe wrote um, New, like when she wrote like Fantastic Beasts, Word of Honor, like, do you think she always knew that she would go so in depth into a story? I'm sure you've already talked about this on the podcast, but I just always no, wonder that's... like when she sets up these new characters, just, do you think she puts a pin in it and is like, I'd like to explore him someday? I, yeah, you know, she said in an interview or two that if she were, she said that this was the story she always wanted to write next, mm. wow. if there was going to be another story. And of course, yeah. she always kept that quiet until the series actually happens. She never really said that prior. <laughs> right. Um, but, but, but part of me wonders, does she mean she wanted to write Newt's story or does she want it? Did she want to write the whole Grindelwald Dumbledore right. battle? Because mm-hmm. that's obviously where this is going. So I'm still not sure. But I guess I guess she is really fascinated by the character of, of Newt. Yeah, she has to be. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about, um, of course, his Hufflepuffness, uh, Newt's, Newt's Hufflepuffness, because the big thing for me when I first saw this film or when we first learned that it was going to be a thing is that Newt Scamander is a Hufflepuff, and that's my house affiliation, according to Pottermore. I was very surprised when I got it because I had been dressing as a Gryffindor for years. Um, But uh, (laughs) apparently wearing the robes does not a Gryffindor make. Uh, But uh, upon reading uh, immediately the the Hufflepuff welcome letter on Pottermore, um, I found a lot of things to be true about my own character, but also the Hufflepuff welcome letter on Pottermore was the very first time that I felt J.K. Rowling took the proper amount of time 
to give Hufflepuff their due. Um, you know, Hufflepuff is kind of, well, it's, it, it's just, they're left out. You know, theirs is the only They have an off-Broadway play, though, Eric. They do have an off-Broadway play <laughs> now. Yeah, Explain they do. It's called this, Puffs. It's, Go ahead, Micah. Yeah. Well, He's since I, I, I'm the I'm the ad uh, person for the for the sh- for this show, um, yeah. So they I don't know how many years ago it was, but it's been around for a bit of time now. They they did this whole off Broadway show. It's it's about ninety minutes or so, and it it explores um, the Hufflepuff house during the time that Harry was at Hogwarts, and it's really comical. If you go, you're definitely going to laugh. There's a lot of inside jokes for those of us who have read the books and seen the film. So, um, Michael called, loved it. It's called. I, yeah, I went in. I didn't know what to expect, and and I I really enjoy. It. I definitely recommend anybody who's in the New York City area to go and see it. It's still playing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's called yeah. Puffs the Play. Puffs. Yeah. It's named after Ivana's cat. It's named after what? My cat? Your, your cat. <laughs> uh, who, by the way, would definitely be awful. <laughs> yeah. um, but so the, the whole reason that, that there's this play can exist is because Hufflepuffs were not in the books. The ones that were were kind of jerks. Um, Cedric wasn't a jerk. Tonks no, wasn't. No, not well. Uh, did you read Cursed Child? <laughs> he, he turns bad. It's pretty bad. Um, Cedric? But Cedric is the exception. Cedric is, of course, the, the very fact that he was picked by the arbitrary you know, supernatural gobbled of fire to be the champion of mm-hmm. Hogwarts does say something. And I, and, I, and I like that. But for too long, as a conflicted Pottermore Hufflepuff, uh, before it, you know, really came out and before, I just think that's very thin over time when you mm-hmm. keep telling yourself that, like, oh, Cedric Diggory, like, I feel good about being a Hufflepuff because Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff. But, like, he dies pretty soon, too. <laughs> he just gets bested by Wormtail. And you're like, well, so how, how far can you, can you go to, like, cling to him as uh, – not because he fails – but just because there's not a living Hufflepuff who you can really look up to currently. And that's what Newt is for me. Well, what uh, about Tonks? To... Okay, wait. Tonks has died, obviously. But don't you yeah. think she's more of a than a more redeemer for Hufflepuff? I, I, I wonder. I think that what it is is that very, very generally, the qualities of Hufflepuff House are not necessarily highlighted in the Harry Potter stories um, so much. Maybe that's controversial, uh, but, it, but I, I just, I, maybe I just forget, you know, well, who, who's a Hufflepuff or the, the, the idea that you would have, though, getting to Newt, a leading man who is a Hufflepuff, for me, like, is there a, a, a profound resurgence or for the very first yeah. time it feels mm-hmm. like the qualities that makes one a Hufflepuff are being brought main stage in a way that they haven't before. Well, I think it's because like Hufflepuffs like are disinclined to play the hero. They don't yes. seem to see glory the way Gryffindors and Slytherins do. And, you know, they don't, they just, they just have a lot less ego than the rest of the houses, you know? So like mm-hmm. for, for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Newt, is such an unusual hero because well i mean his cause is so much for the animals and for um justice for them it's not it's so not about him and you get the sense that he doesn't feel comfortable in the spotlight except when he's um sorry that's my cat chiming in with her support for this (laughs) this point um i think he doesn't feel like uh, he uh, unless he's actually talking about this cause which he feels so much for he doesn't he doesn't want to just stand there and be 
uh, to be the center of attention. Like he's not like Harry where he has a saving people thing as Hermione called it. He, and I think, I I think that's why Hufflepuffs are often in the background. Like they're the kind of people who like they support and they can be, I I know for me personally, a lot of my friends who are Hufflepuffs and my mom, like those people are my rock and those people, they have this kind of this strength that I don't have. Um, but it's not necessarily the thing that will put them in the spotlight, you know? So I, I think I should clarify the difference of wanting the spotlight and just wanting to see sort of my fellow Hufflepuffs being represented. Like that, that was, that's the joy of watching Fantastic Beasts for me is seeing, uh, not, I mean, Hufflepuff House, I think when Cedric was, was chosen as the Hogwarts champion, they felt a sense of pride and it mm-hmm. might not be their defining characteristic, but they were very proud for him. And of course, they use the opportunity to treat Harry like dirt um, as well because they're very loyal uh, to Cedric. But but I do feel that I do feel that 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 pride for seeing you know Newt Scamander, uh, a Hufflepuff in in the yeah. lead role. But but you're also right, like that that he's got the spotlight and he doesn't want it and he doesn't see it. I think makes him a more compelling character. Mm. Um, and it's I I just I feel. So thrilled that J.K. Rowling has chosen to make this person, this character, the hero, the main character of her new story. Yeah. Me too. Well, and speaking of that, so another point I wanted to bring up was just his contributions to the Wizarding World. Yeah. They appear to be teaching the Wizarding World about animals because I I think it's notable that we haven't heard of any other people who are studying animals to the degree that he is, other than like a care of magical creatures teacher at Hogwarts. Is he simply the guy? And I guess this plays into the fact that Newt doesn't really want the spotlight. He's just, he's an author off doing his own thing. And, and that shines through in his personality. He's, he is introverted and he does seem a little weird, but that's just Newt. Like when you see him take on, was it the Arumpant in the movie? He's he's making all these weird noises and he doesn't care. Like he probably wouldn't do. Movie. <laughs> yeah, he, he he wouldn't be that outward in front of people unless he has to when he's dealing with animals. Um, but then also, Eric, to your point, he he might be. He's going to he could be the reluctant hero later in the series if he's going to be helping take down Grindelwald. Yeah. And maybe and, and we'll see him struggling. That there. that is the thing that that ties into sort of Hufflepuffs as as a house. Um, and this is from the Pottermore welcome letter. I, I wrote it down. Um, it says, uh, "Welcome to Hufflepuff House. Our emblem is the badger, an animal that is often underestimated because it lives quietly until attacked, but which, when provoked, can fight off animals much larger than itself, including wolves." So here's here's the whole thing about you know Hufflepuff House. They're not a bunch of duffers, as Hagrid called them. Uh, they are, in fact, very talented, and and this is this is where it comes in with Newt. Like you're saying, Andrew, like when when attacked or when he needs to fight in the film, he is an exceptional wizard. You, you he's also it helps the first adult that we've ever seen, you know, in this capacity performing magic and dueling. Uh, so we get to watch him the entire film apparating very quickly and holding his own uh, against a myriad of obstacles. And he even uses the beasts th- themselves to um, succeed in 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 fighting and um, combat and and these things. And so he's very, very, very talented. He's very accomplished. And I think that that just goes back to the trait of the badger, though. 
um, mm. you know, of, of being sort of detrimentally underestimated, which is great. Mm-hmm. Do well, you relate to um, Newt a lot as a Hufflepuff, Eric? I'm not sure um, because I, I, a lot of what spoke to me in the welcome letter about Hufflepuffs was it was just it was just the way that they sort of relate to each other and are kind of I don't know interested in in their their community and and very um I think I relate to sort of interactions between Hufflepuffs very much more and how I keep like friendships and what I value in in friendships and it's not the loyalty aspect so much as just the, the sort of being grounded um in things so I, I relate to that and I think Newt I really respect as a person who is following his own path because that very much represents my view of my own life trajectory where, I mean, you know, being a part of a Harry Potter website and a Harry Potter podcast was not anyone's in my family's idea of uh, success or life trajectory. Um, and when I went, went uh, what, you know, followed that, th- pulled that thread and started traveling, you know, due to the opportunities presented to me, everyone was a little blown away in my family. Mm-hmm. And so standing out, you know, and, and but but ultimately being true to myself, being my own person, has been a factor in making every decision I've ever made in my life. And it's gotten to me to a happy place where I am now. So I, I really just believe in being unique and following your own path, which it seems that, that Hufflepuff House is known to do. And so for that reason, I, I do see a... Uh, um, uh, an example figure in Newt, and I, I feel at home, most at home with the house when I think of Hufflepuffs in that light. That's interesting. And also, I mean, something I noticed just about you as a Hufflepuff and about Newt is like, there's this, as you say, quiet, but quiet work ethic um, where it's like, yeah, like not not glory seeking, but that's what comes first. And the fact that he doesn't let, you know, his personal life, his emotions interfere with um, what's going on. The way, like, you don't even know anything. You don't even know until um, Queenie, Queenie points out, isn't, isn't Queenie? She points it out. Or what does yeah. she say about um, people, you can read people most when they're hurting. Like, that just doesn't, mm. that just isn't addressed in the film until she has this, like, you know, quiet heart-to-heart with him. And I think that's just so admirable about Hufflepuffs that, whereas Gryffindors would be like, my heart is broken, and I want the world to know about <laughs> it, and I'm going to fight for love, that kind of way, you know? It's just, uh, he's he so much puts that aside um, in favor of, you know, what he believes is what needs to be done, what he's, is important. Yeah. He sacrifices his own, I mean, not like happiness or well-being in any dramatic way, but I, I think that's the other side of Newt as a character in this film is that he is vulnerable or he's a character who's allowed to be vulnerable. I mean, he, he has this whole, uh, it's described in the Blu-ray special features, um, Eddie, during a segment called The Magic Zoologist, talks about how it's it's revealed through the course of the film that there's sort of this this void, this little hole in, in, in Newt as a character which gets slowly filled when he begins to find his friends here mm-hmm. in this film. And the fact mm-hmm. that, you're right, uh, Evie Queenie points out that, you know, he's had this relationship in the past which hasn't gone well and that, you know, he carries this photo of this girl but it, it almost reminds him of, of something painful. Mm-hmm. Um, that he is a, a wholly rounded character 
he, he doesn't speak up about it, and, and it's not really an issue until she points it out. But yeah, he's he's very much on a journey, and I think that that's that that's also what makes him on a what makes him a good character is he has some room to grow, um, you know, as a person. And Newt being a person who hasn't, you know, really felt at home with humans, he he tracks you know with animals more. Uh, getting to have him be thrust through circumstances of the film into this situation where he needs to interact with these other people is good for him. Um, but it also Let, like, let's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more about the animals. I know, yeah. Ivana, you wanted to talk about this in particular, his his yes, connection. Definitely. Well, I just wanted to throw, and, and this might lead into it, um, because you mentioned vulnerability, and I think that these creatures provide an extra level of vulnerability to Newt, especially moving forward in these films. I mean, I think there were moments where we saw that in the first movie, but I wonder, you know, looking at characters like Grindelwald, assuming that he's going to play a major role moving forward, could they be used not only against him, but, you know, to try and manipulate him in some way? You know what scene is coming to mind is when they take his suitcase um, in the the big committee scene, and he becomes almost immediately unhinged, you know, saying, mm-hmm. "Do not hurt the beasts. There's nothing in there that want to hurt you. Don't don't touch my creatures." You know, he he is very yeah. very sort of dis uh, disassembled in that moment. Yeah, they could use the creatures against him. That'd be so hard to watch, though. Like if they're keeping the creatures locked up or potentially torturing them or something. It's, Oh, God, really I don't want to watch. think about that. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Something yeah. happy, something happy, real quick. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, That's sorry. That's probably going to happen, though, isn't it? Now that you've mentioned it, yeah. how it comes on hinge. Yeah, like that. If you we know J.K. Rowling listens to the podcast, so she's going <laughs> to for, for the podcast. <laughs> so, so, Ivana, what do you see in Newt's connection to his creatures? Okay, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Sorry, were you finished at yeah. your point, Mike? Yeah, no, I, I thought it might tie into to what you were going to say or um, in part anyway okay um well i mean i speaking as someone who loves animals and as someone who understands luna's connection with animals i often think it's like a lot of people who connect with animals and who want to help them it's because they they feel misunderstood by society it's because they feel like they're an outsider um and animals like they, they just have this beautiful quality of letting you be whoever you are. You know, dogs don't ever prejudice against anyone based on, you know, the normal things that humans prejudice against, like skin color, sexuality, things like that. They just, they're so accepting. Um, and it's not that I don't, I don't think Luna or Newt prefer animal company. I think it's just a very different kind of relationship. Um, and animals are just, I mean, animals are creatures that are so... Um, so exploited and and so um, prejudiced against just because they're so different. Like I really believe, uh, again, this is me speaking as a vegan, but my I don't believe that we are better than animals. I don't believe that we were born with any more rights than than they than they should have. Um, but because we're stronger and uh, we in many ways we have this feeling we have humans have this urge where they have to like dominate crush you know own possess anything that's way too different to them and we do it with like you know people in our own community who are just a little bit too weird like with like with luna and i imagine sort of with newt maybe where luna was bullied just because she 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 just um we 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 feel threatened by things that are too 
different to us and are too weird but are also comfortable in that and i see that happen to animals because they are so different from us we feel like it's our right and uh it gives us some weird twisted sense of power um and i think new probably relates to the innocence of animals and to the oddness of them and he feels as someone who's probably been bullied himself in school and you know think thinking about his family and how they were what is it ministry types uh and just the, yeah he, he he grew up different to them and he took a different route as you say eric he took um a path less traveled um and he had to be strong in that and i i think he feels this fierce sense of protection for them because he didn't get that protection when when he was younger and when he was the odd one out he didn't have anyone standing up for him and i think that's why he wants to be a voice for animals that's my yeah thoughts on it yeah i when you were talking when you're talking about that i was thinking specifically about just how strange and exotic i I mean i think in general animals you know what you said is really beautiful about how animals are so different to us and we we somehow feel threatened as a result thinking about the the beasts in the case in the movie you know those those crazy creatures the the ones that there's like that mammal that it, it sort of has it's like a big lion but has like a pufferfish mane <laughs> where it like puffs out i'm just like how did this creature there's creatures in this case in the in the scene in the movie where you're just like how did these evolve or the ones that um tickle jacob or like the one with the ten- tendrils coming out of the the face and it's just like it's just like gooey and slimy and you're just like how did this how is this even a creature that evolves but it's so different like it's the complete um, exaggeration of the strangeness of beasts mm. and yet they're treated so compassionately by Newt yeah. and you, I think the movie does a really good job of evoking this sense uh, which is Newt's shared sense of wanting to protect and educate um, because that you know, is what they're there for. And he's giving these beasts a home. And it's even said in the movie where they are often being hunted and eradicated. And in fact, the, the, I think it's the tendril beast things that are like the only breeding pair in existence. And so Mm. we're, we're shown the, that these crazy looking creatures are the, when you hear that they are the only ones left, it tugs at your heart, I think, as a, as a, just a human. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to be like an animal lover to realize, oh, my God, Newt is actually doing something that not only he views as really important, but we should too. Ivana, we've talked about this a bunch of times on the show. Do you think he's going to use his beast to take down Grindelwald, kind of like Pokemon style, where oh, <laughs> he's choosing these? Wow. Um, um, gosh, that's a big one. I don't. I don't think I just don't think Newt believes in using animals, you know, like making oh, them to fight. Yeah, yeah, making them do. I always had a big problem with well, not always because I was a big Pokemon fan as a kid, but as soon as the <laughs> app came out last year, I was like, "OMG, is Pokemon vegan?" I don't think it is. I was like, the ideology that just because they're there like in in the world that we get to just own them. I had a really big problem with it. It was a real conflict for me. <laughs> Oh, this is a game. Get over yourself. Um, But I I felt like it was reinforcing the idea that we get to own and use animals to our, as we see fit. And I think, I just don't think Newt would be one to like train animals. And a lot of those animals, like, you know, say cats, for example, and dogs are easier to train. But with things like elephants and lions, you have to use really cruel practices to literally break their spirits to make them cooperate with you. And I don't think he would... uh, 
I think he would be strongly against that. You know, yeah. I still I'm I'm quite conflicted about where he sits on the animal rights scale, um, I, what his ethics are in relation to animals. Yeah. You know, because I think he sees it. You see him in the film cutting up meat and serving it, and he doesn't seem to have any problem with that. I think he's more believes in the circle of life and the um that you know that there's there's a there's an order of a hi- things hierarchy. A hierarchy yeah. it was actually yeah. tofu it was i've <laughs> 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 never seen tofu mm. looking like that it could be the impossible <laughs> meat there's apparently this new uh vegan burger called the impossible burger that like bleeds like meat and Ooh. yeah try okay, it that it's creeps me out I, I wouldn't eat a bloody burger any more than i would eat that burger um, well, I don't think it has blood when it's cooked, but it's oh, not actual oh, yeah, blood. Yeah, okay, I, I will say though, I mean, there is precedent in the film for Newt using beasts. The swooping evil uh, is right. is is Newt's. Um, if that is, if that is in fact the bird that he sets on those uh, aurors oh, when true. they're escaping from the ministry. Um, it, it's it's even a moment of comedic nature where he's like, don't go for the brains, you know, not not, <laughs> not the brains. Because the, yeah. the bird immediately, like, collides with this guy's face, and it's very yeah. much, like, alien for a couple seconds there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we uh, see him just roll out. He yo-yos out that bird to save Tina, and to you know attack these ministry officials so i do think that he is on somewhere on that right. scale like you're saying ivana of of he's okay to a certain extent using beasts but what you said about like having to break an animal spirit i i definitely agree he is he wouldn't really yeah. he's, he's not he's not training an army but yeah if i don't think he the, would use cruelty in any yeah in any situation but, but, but if and where the qualities of these beasts can assist him, particularly in getting out of a scuffle, I think that that is yeah. acceptable to him. Like maybe and, going mm-hmm. to fetch a key or stuff like yeah. like not not well, animal to animal or animal to human combat. Just that said, send them on tasks. He was willing to trade away Pickett. Yeah. Uh, no, but well, but not really. He no, told he... Pickett that he never would have gone through with that. Yeah. yeah, he was hesitant, wasn't he? Oh, that was a tough moment. <laughs> um, Why? Well, I was wondering, what do you guys think would be his opinion on Spew and on elf house elves? I wonder. Well, we know. I was reading his bio. He worked in something house elf related in the ministry, right? Did he? I'm looking it up real quick. Yeah, hold on. I think because there's also. I think he would he would be a member of Spew. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? They're classified as something different than beasts, right? They're of like, um, yeah. So there, I mean, there's multiple levels of. I, I think that he would view them as people first and foremost. So I think that that's true, and I think that knowing Newt's propensity to just disagree with sort of the standard government's position on stuff, I think he would absolutely 100% join Spew and be part of, you know groups that want to affect change because he himself it would be sort of hypocritical if he wasn't mm-hmm. because he himself is trying to st- uh, change a very large established public mindset uh as it pertains to creatures and so mm-hmm. i think that he i think that it would be right up his alley to do sort of an overhaul on on what people have traditionally taken beasts these other creatures these other intelligent sentient species with cultures and histories i think that he would want to change all of it he worked in the office for house elf relocation at the ministry for two years oh, before joining the beast division. So presumably he what? was he wanted to look out for the house elves. 
But like relocating them with new owners, new households? Yeah, I guess so. It's probably, yeah. And wait, does, he... it, does it say when he worked there? Well, it was before joining the Beast Division. Maybe uh, so it, was it was like, like maybe 1900s. that's where he formed his beliefs, you know? That yeah. might be where he saw, maybe he quit because he didn't like what he saw what was happening and that people weren't yeah. changing, making the kind of changes he wanted. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But I wonder, I don't know how soon before he started collecting and saving creatures that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like I th- he just seems like the type of person who grew up fascinated by beasts in general. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, from the first time he read about them or saw one, he was just always hooked on it. And this is definitely his lifelong passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so- and the reason I had asked you, Ivana, why, how you think if he could get his beasts involved in the fight is because I feel like. Yeah, this like I've said, this this Wizarding World, this this movie series is clearly going towards that big war, mm. and and Newt's got to be involved somehow, right? Because he's still going to be the lead character. Sure. So that's why I'm wondering if 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 his um, he's going to use his beast somehow. But mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. What are we going to say, Micah? Yeah. One question that I did have, and I know we have discussed this on the podcast, so more for Evie about just speaking of of Beast and Newt. Um, what about, what are the chances, I guess, do you think that either Fox came from Newt to Dumbledore or Mm. Aragog came from Newt to Hagrid? Oh, wow. I, I think I read that before. I think it might, it might've been something one of you guys tweeted about, um, I, 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 that's definitely, that's gotta be the thing, isn't it? It's gotta be. Because there's that that one line in the book about, what was it? I came to Hagrid from a, in a pocket from a traveler. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, Aragog says that. I didn't to really Harry. think of. I was more talking about the about Fox, the, the Phoenix. So oh yeah, like yeah. That's oh definitely, okay. Yeah, I feel like um, Newt definitely passed him on to Dumbledore. Yeah, oh, and of course know. those two were very close. We don't know why yet, but do we know when Dumbledore got Fox? No, uh, no. We but we know that he cherishes Fox. Like there's a special connection and relation. Like. Dumbledore's everything is a phoenix, like his yeah. Patronus. If he, I think he even he's not an animagus, but if he was, I think it would be a, a phoenix as well. Um, I don't know. Oh, it's, it's kind gonna of be something heart wrenching, like Newt's on his deathbed and gives him like a phoenix eggs or something, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> totally is. <laughs> Wait, are there phoenix eggs? Is that a thing? <laughs> or are they just ashes in, in, in that from the the phoenix it was previously? I don't know. It's a it's either. a it's a chicken and egg joke yeah. um, that okay. I tried to make there, but uh, yeah, um, I, I definitely think. Well, again, in that in those special features on the Blu-ray, um, J.K. Rowling says that <laughs> Newt was probably, which of course you mean yes, this absolutely happened. <laughs> uh, the, the man who introduced the subject of care of magical creatures to Hogwarts. Uh-huh. Um, she so. Because of his views on beasts, and I think that whatever his friendship with Dumbledore turns out to be, or turns out to have been, I I would I hope, and I I think I feel pretty confident we will get that entire backstory of how they became friends, what specifically their relationship is, because that that ties into what's coming with Grindelwald, Grindelwald and Dumbledore's own thing. I get it, but because of Dumbledore's close friendship with Newt, I think Dumbledore would have seen it as a very good cause. And also being the school, like the school for for wizards, that it would be irresponsible not to 
uh, train young wizards how to how to deal with beasts, how mm-hmm. to take care of them. Uh, and I think that it's also just a good good practice to uh, forward Newt's cause by teaching this class by having this class. So mm-hmm. I think that Dumbledore would have very much, you know, been okay if it, once Newt suggests that you know they have a Hogwarts class on this and they have a textbook to work off of because he's just written one. Um, you know, I think that that's based on their friendship. I think mm-hmm. that it's, you know, maybe Newt gives uh, Dumbledore a phoenix and Dumbledore gives Newt a, the class that he has always wanted to be taught at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And do you think, It'll... big question. Oh, sorry, Micah. Interrupting. No, no, go ahead. You go. Well, do you think, like, Newt, obviously, like, his vision is for animals to be respected and um, for them to live in their natural habitats. But, like, do you think Newt achieves... Like the the world that Harry lives in, is it close to what Newt wanted? Has he achieved it? Or I'm I'm wondering, like, because obviously his is 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 Ralph his grandson or great grandson? I should know this. I'm trying. I actually don't know. Is it great? great. I thought it I think was it's great grandson. I'll look it he up. becomes a naturalist. I wonder. Is it just like his family is continuing the work and it's not? It, it, he hasn't achieved his vision yet for, um, the kind of equality or respect for animals that he's he's working towards i think that it's an ongoing thing i i'd I'd like to believe that newt when he eventually dies or did die did so in a happy like that he was happy Mm. with with where he had gotten to Mm. um i i because i i think that certainly starting off where he did when there was not even that class at hogwarts and ending in a place where his direct contributions to the wizarding world were the foundation of that of that change um, you know, whether or not it's as far as he wanted it to get, uh, who's to say? I think probably you're right in suspecting that maybe not. Um, because I, I think I th- not, because at the same time, we uh-huh. see so much examples of animal exploitation and abuse, like the way the dragons are kept, and for yeah. wands, Be- dragon heartstrings are used, and unicorn hair. Like, it is a very on vegan world. <laughs> <They're living> <laughs> <in>. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, it's a really good. I didn't even think about dragon heartstrings as being. I mean, that's one third of Ollivander's entire profession. Um, yeah. And I would even say with Hagrid, too, and while he's trying to teach care of magical creatures, so much happens with him. And you would think that uh, it's still not a widely accepted subject. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. Kind of, he's kind of treated. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, you know, he's. He, I mean, he's treated in, in in a totally inappropriate way many times throughout the series, just because of who he is. But just in terms of the subject that he's trying to teach, you know, he he has, I think, similar feelings towards creatures as as Newt does. So I was interested to see what you guys thought about that. You know, he he talks about how they're always misunderstood, mm-hmm. and he seems to have that same kind of affinity. Yeah, but like when we're talking about this, I'm thinking. You're right, but there's also like no real good curriculum set around it. And this this might have to do with a couple things. It might deal with Hagrid's abilities as a teacher, which are limited. We know he's Harry's friend. He's our friend. That's why we like him. But in the books, you know, Care of Magical Creatures class uh, is almost used as a punchline for to add some humor into an otherwise very scary time of year. At Hogwarts, like, you know, the, the blast-ended scroots are the butt of many jokes. I mean, they're what is their purpose? They're so weird and odd. You know, the fact that Care of Mag- Magical Creatures class is being taught is something, but it's being taught by Hagrid, who, I guess, even though we know he has a passion for beasts, is he really instilling it in the students? And so few students are taking him seriously. I think only... 
uh, I think there's a line in is it book five or book six where Harry comes to comes to terms with one of the beasts and it's just like okay I can I can kind of see how they're kind of cool if you you know I can see what what Hagrid likes in them uh but then most the most of the class Ron is complaining about how weird or, or odd the beasts are and I just think that so beasts and and how they're viewed it, it wasn't the the previous beasts teacher um didn't was he was that Kettleburn who retired because he lost most of his Injuries, limbs. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's terrifying to think <laughs> that maybe beasts have bitten off this guy's limbs. I, I think that the 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 real history of um Kettleburn is explained on Pottermore and I don't think it's beast related. But the, the idea that this goofball uh you know was the, this this previous teacher who was odd and understood i just don't think it actually is actively furthering the cause in the way that an informative ted talk on beasts uh these days mm. would would do i think that that would be much that would go much farther into accomplishing the task than so you can't rely on care of magical creatures at hogwarts alone to change what newt is trying to change mhm um, I think on that note, we should probably start wrapping up here, the character discussion. Um, yeah. I think we hit on all the points for the most part. A lot right. of. Except, Do you want to talk uh, more about his relationships? Yeah, to to the other characters. Well, and, and also yeah, think, to like, what do you think uh, his relationship with Lila Lestrange was and oh, what yeah. it will be? Yeah, so it looks like so those teenage casting roles make it sound like we're going to learn in this next movie what exactly went on between Newt and Lita. We do know they had some sort of falling out. We do know, thanks to a couple of Fantastic Beasts spinoff book type things, that Newt took the fall for something that Lita did. And presumably we're going to see that scene in the next movie if we're going back to the teenage years. And also, we're probably going to be going back to Hogwarts. Isn't that cool, Ivana? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think there? What do you think is going on between Newt and Lita? Um, oh, I genuinely have no idea. I don't, I don't have <laughs> Nobody idea does. So that's enough. okay. Um, what- it's possible that she's not a Slytherin. I think that's a possibility. We Why hear do you the say name- that? Well, we hear the name Lestrange and we think Slytherins. Oh, right. Uh, so, but... She could be an outsider, much like Newt is an outsider, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe Hufflepuff is the de facto house for outsiders. I mean, maybe that's they either met. I mean, they met as students. Either she was a Slytherin, who was still a Slytherin but just didn't fit in with the other Slytherins, and that's how they met. Or she was in his house. Yeah, yeah. I think there's two possibilities there. And then what, Ma- what Micah, do we actually know about her? Nothing. She's nothing played by much. Zoe Kravitz. Nothing. That's what we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess she's gonna have a she's gonna have to come into modern day Fantastic Beasts at some point. Mm. Yeah. Uh maybe with the next movie. Because if if if, if um Newt's heading back over to Europe for this next one and beyond, we're presumably we're gonna see her. I know Zoe Kravitz said she's gonna have more of a presence in future movies. So uh, like does yeah, it we'll say see. has she been confirmed for the next one? Because often like that gives it away on IMDb, doesn't it? Where you yeah. know who's is it not? I don't I know think, if it doesn't. I, th- no, I, think I think she is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think she is. I think like a, um, Zoe might have given an interview where she said movie two is where you're really going to find out a lot of stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I think the teenage role kind of gives that away. Yeah, Micah, did you have anything to add here? No, I, I mean, I know we've discussed it on other um, episodes. I, I 
I'm interested to see what happens uh, in the next film and, and what exactly he took the fall for. I think they mentioned the Beast, right, at some point, played a role. I don't know if that's been confirmed, though, has it? Was that part of one of those uh, uh, spinoffs that you mentioned? It was a Jarvie. Vaguely rings the bell. Yeah, it was a Jarvie. Beast is involved. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds kind of similar to a situation that happened with Hagrid, right, where he got um, yeah. expelled. So definitely some, some parallels there. And I guess the only other thing that I was uh, looking to talk about with Newt was the bond between him and, and Dumbledore and, and you know, Graves Grindelwald has that line about what makes Albus Dumbledore so fond of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Does it have anything to do with, with Ariana and, and, you know, the theory that uh, she was an Obscurial and he obviously has worked with them. And, and so there could be a lot of uh, theorizing done there in terms of, you know, is he on somewhat of a quest and, yeah. you know, he was in Africa um, trying to save this young girl. And is that a cover story for something else? Um, you know, did he try? I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's it's also somewhat coincidental that, that he finds himself in New York around the same time that there's uh, one running rampant. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. think it might be that Dumbledore comes to Newt thinking that like he's the only one who will sympathize with his sister's case i think yeah i i think so i i think that you know there's there may be something that he entrusts newt with and and maybe it's it's somewhat of um regret that he was unable to save his sister that he's sort of sending newt out to try and save some of these others that are that are out there i wonder i mean i don't, I don't know for sure but i i feel like um it's just too coincidental that mm. this is all kind of tied together in some way yeah, it's certainly yeah. fortuitous, but I, I, maybe it was Dumbledore that turned Newt on to Obscurials to begin with. I mean, having I, I think Dumbledore Dumbledore would make it his mission after the experience of what happened to his sister to try and investigate and find out more and prevent future children from being killed in this way. Yeah. Okay, well, to wrap up this discussion, I think we're going to do some Make the Connection, Eric? Yeah, yeah. So, well, the, it doesn't have anything to do with the discussion necessarily, but we're going to oh, right. test. We're going to test Ivana's uh-huh. uh, skills of did I, of uh, of you know, what is it? Making connections. Oh no! <laughs> do you remember yeah. this from the old Muggle cast days? No, you... I don't. What is this? Oh okay. God! This is this is a <laughs> this is a British. It's it's a British classic, Ivana. This was Jamie's pioneer segment, um, <laughs> and it was it's it's so quirky. And random and absolutely insane, but we had a lot of fun asking our patrons to come up with uh, make the connections for us um, to, to to do. So we're all going to play, um, and I'm actually in the middle of putting a list into our document right now. How it works, Ivana, is somebody gives us a really weird topic, and we have to connect it to Harry Potter in some way. And it, and it, it could, but it's mm-hmm. it's completely remote. It doesn't have anything to do with Harry Potter. Basically, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but we can we connect it to Harry Potter, and we can say anything. I mean, it, it's completely our own. We we're our own judges on this. Okay. We, we we we've done a music version of this as well, where you know we play like a new song, and then we try to connect it to Harry Potter with the lyrics or something like that. But in this case, uh, we're going to uh, do these examples from some listeners. Okay. 
Uh, and um. people have wild imaginations. So here's the first one. <laughs> this is from Jennifer. Harry Potter, make the connection between Harry Potter and traveling to a planet inhabited only by purple flowers in a converse shoe-shaped sailboat through the stars. Converse? <laughs> converse, yeah. Converse, oh, converse shoes. I got it. Okay. <laughs> so the connection between Harry Potter and traveling <laughs> to a planet inhabited only by purple flowers in a converse shoe-shaped sailboat through the stars. Um, I will I will take what this one. What are your listeners on? Oh, this is mad. Yes. <laughs> You gotta ask them. These are our patrons. These are our most hardcore listeners too. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, a con- this is first all, of all you the- Muggle casters. I don't know what to say to this one. Thank you. I got this. I got this. Same. Okay. First of all, many things. If we've learned nothing from Harry Potter, uh, if we've learned one thing from Harry Potter, it should be that uh, things are not what always what they seem. And a Converse shoe. There's examples in Harry Potter of shoes being portkeys, for instance, um, and oh. New- e- even Newt's own case. <laughs> it's just blue of on his mind right now. Uh, it's a, it, I'm having a moment. Uh, the Newt case, for instance, the suitcase appears to be this mangy old, dirty old suitcase, and it's actually in and of itself a portal to another world. And Newt's case in particular, let's get a closer dive. Uh, there's certain environments inside his case which you know very much resemble crazy odd and environments like uh, a planet with only purple flowers so if there were a beast that newt knew of that survived on this planet um you know with just purple flowers he would recreate it for being inside his case um and you know as far as sailing through the stars that's fun to do and you could do it inside the case amazing Um, i was gonna say yeah that was very good eric eric erickson thinking about this for like i have no idea what you just said but that was (laughs) (laughs) spot on uh, Gosh. This is from Lords. Make the connection between Fantastic Beasts and Overdue Library book finds. <laughs> How about this? We waited, let's say, five years for a new Harry Potter Wizarding World movie. It was way overdue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I felt like I was being penalized every day we didn't have a new Harry Potter movie <laughs> to look forward to. I like it. I like it. Uh, Micah, here's here's one for you. <laughs> Make the connection between Harry Potter and jumping on a trampoline in a tutu. <laughs> this is from Savannah. Well, I, Dumbledore. Yeah, go on. <laughs> you're helping him, Andrew. Andrew with in the his assist. spare time mm-hmm. in the back of the office. Puts on his tutu because we know he's gay, and uh, he, when he wants to let some steam off, he just hops on the hops on the trampoline and woohoo! Okay, okay. Wait, isn't there one? a more obvious one? Isn't there like a picture of trolls in tutus? Trolls in tutus, yeah. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's that was referenced though. But that was in a book or something. Yeah, there's like a picture of them. Oh wow! In two the trolls huh. learning to ballet dance. Yeah, huh. yeah, you're right. There, that's okay. totally a thing. Okay, Micah, here's another one for you. Then Sean McKee, make the connection between Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and Razorburn. All right. Um, the uh, the Mertlap bite from uh, Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> that's so good. It, it looked like some Razorburn. Yeah. After uh, he got or she got done with Jacob. Yeah. Here's one for all of us from Stephen Hauser. Make the connection between Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
the who would he play? Uh, oh who man, who would he play? Okay. He would Hagrid. play the coolest, the very coolest wizard in 1920s attire <laughs> you've ever seen. Uh, he'd play cool Hagrid. All right, cool kids, Hagrid. come over here for a lesson. Like he'd be super friendly about it, and he'd be able to tame the beast better than Hagrid ever could. <laughs> um, Amanda Ryan King says, "Make the connection between Fantastic Beasts and Pinterest do-it-yourself fails." Oh, Seamus Finnegan. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> there we go. No, there, there has to be a better one. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, Pinterest do-it-yourself. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of like a failed class assignment. Something that just went wrong during a lesson. I like does. Um, yeah. Sophia Gibson, make the connection between Harry Potter and deciding where to eat with your friends. Where to go to Hogsmeade? That's not a fun answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. No, some of these will go quicker. I got, I got a bunch more. <laughs> Haley Brown, make the connection between Fantastic Beasts and Michael Phelps swimming against a great white shark. Gobble to fire the mer people. There you go. Boom. <laughs> J.B. Virch. Oh, okay, Ivana, this one's specifically for you. I'm terrible and at I, this game. It's fascinating oh, to listen to, but you go for it. <laughs> J- uh, from J.B. Virch. We have a backup one in case this doesn't work because he gave two. Uh, J.B. Virch says, make the connection between Luna Lovegood and a biker gang. What? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Is Luna ever tough? Tough, tough? <laughs> Is Luna tough? Um... No, she's way too too laid back to be tough, isn't she? Um, yeah. I don't know. What to, someone take this one? I can't. What What about when you um in the movies you get everybody on the Thestrals and oh, head out that's to uh, perfect to the yeah, ministry, that right? Good. That's like getting your biker gang together. Yes, <laughs> that is the actually Thestral gang. See, I, I got Rev you. Rev them up, boys. Uh, There's not ride. enough oh. beards and tattoos, though. Is there? Yeah. Oh, well, right. you have a tattoo, don't you? I do. I have a Luna tattoo. Yeah, there you go. Really? And biker and biker gang What do you mean? What, what is it? A quote? Or? It's a, no, it's a, a hair jumping across a moon. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And hair yeah. is her... Patronus. Patronus. There yes. you go. Oh, okay. Um, okay, couple, like two more. Uh, Brittany yeah. Smith, make the connection between Harry Potter and a dog with a colored mohawk. <laughs> oh, something to do with unicorns. Um... I was thinking of Tonks. Yeah, I was too. I didn't want to say that, though. Metamorphmagist. There you go. The colored colored mohawk. Um, And did we say this one? Uh, Alicia, make the connection between Fantastic Beasts and going to an obligatory baby shower. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Slughorn's uh, slug club meetings. (laughs) Oh, yeah. At least with the trio. They didn't want to be there. That's not Fantastic Beasts. Oh, no. Uh, Darn it. Yeah. Hmm. An obligatory baby shower. Uh, Showing up for a meeting at Makuza. I'm trying to think of like the the Makuza president having to deal with uh, Tina. What do you want, Tina? Yeah. Come on, Tina. (laughs) I just know. (laughs) Having to deal with an obligatory disgruntled employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Serafina Pickery probably has a, does a lot of things out of duty that she would rather not do. Um, yeah, but trying times, and she's a good person, so she'll go and handle it. No, uh, interesting. We we do definitely want to thank uh, all of our patrons for supplying the make the connections that we played. That was <laughs> a lot of fun, 
good to get to that I'm fun. sorry, I'm not on your level. I didn't understand that game. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, look, I wanted to get to the purple beaver flying a cheese helicopter, but well, we'll save that <laughs> one for next did, time. Do you have an answer for that? No, not at all, but uh, maybe... It, <laughs> Micah needs a week to, to think on it. Yeah, it's, no, it's expect to see uh, that in the next Fantastic Beast film. Uh, yeah. It plays a major <laughs> role. Oh, especially have... if the beasts are on the front lines, the cheese helicopter is definitely the li- first line of defense. <laughs> we do want to let everybody know that Micah, Eric, and I will be at MuggleNet Live 2017, 19 years later. Believe it or not, Ivana, se- September 1st, 2017 is... In canon, 19 mm-hmm. years later, just like Is the it? epilogue. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's when uh, you're having a convention? Yeah. Yeah, so MuggleNet Live. It's a one-night event inside the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Orlando, including King's Cross Station, where we can catch the train off platform nine and three quarters and sip down some unlimited butterbeer. And also we have some film members in attendance um, details are all on the top post uh, in the MuggleCast website, uh, including discounted hotel rates and a special promotional code for listeners of our show. So go check out. That's, again, MuggleNet Live, and you can find out more information at MuggleCast.com. Ivana, thanks so much for coming on the show today. We Thank really appreciate it. Thank you for having it. me. It's been really fun. Uh, I, I, yeah, it was yeah, fun. I wish I'd, I can't fun. believe this has been my first official. Like, I know I've been on I the know. as an interview, mm-hmm. but this is a yeah. fun one to just... I don't know. Be yeah. Geek. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's been great. And uh, we'll let everybody know about your podcast that you're launching once it gets up and running. Thank yeah. Have you. you chosen a name? Yeah. It's called the Chick Peeps podcast. Chick Chick Peeps? Yeah. I as in it. like chick people. And also mm-hmm. I really like chickpeas. <laughs> <laughs> the Chickpeas podcast or Chick Peeps. You should eat chickpeas while podcasting every episode. I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> Are they noisy food when you eat them? Do they crunch? Do they crackle? Have you never had a chickpea? No, I've never had a chickpea. Oh my gosh, uh, Eric. Wow. Okay. I'm, okay, I'm going to remedy this They're today. Like beans. You need to become a vegan. They're like the these yeah. marined little bean things, but they can be made into like chips and but do sorts. they crackle when you when you eat them? Like, no, sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I was really hoping that was the case, but okay. <laughs> well, you've had uh, hummus, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, right. that's made Isn't of it... chickpeas. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, cool. Just ground up. And Ivana, I was stalking your uh, Instagram while we were recording, and I saw you went to Veggie Grill. You would eat at Veggie Grill in LA. I love I Veggie love Grill. Do you? Veggie Grill. Isn't it the yes. best? It's so It is good. the best. I would be a full-time vegan if I could eat their breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Really? Okay. You know, every day. That's it's good. It's so good. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's encouraging. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just because so I think some people think, oh, vegan food, it won't taste good or stuff like that. But y- you eat there and I assume other vegan places. Exactly. I know. It, it it's great. just people need. That's what I want to do with my podcast. Just make people aware that it's not a lifestyle of like deprivation or restriction. It's it's just a very different yeah. way. And there's a very joyful way of doing it. Yeah. I tend to always take my um, omnivorous friends there because it's like yeah it's not too expensive and it's not too there's some of them they're just like way too expensive and people make mistake of thinking vegan is healthy and it absolutely yeah. does not have to be yeah yeah and in the case of veggie girl they have like burgers yeah. and so when i take somebody there for the first time i'm like get what you would eat at a place where you would like eat meat so you like burgers have a veggie girl burger and i promise you'll like it <laughs> so Awesome. Well, again, thank you for coming on. We really sure, appreciate it. You, you are a true fan. We loved having you on. Yeah. I love and, being uh, on. And thank you guys for putting up that 
podcasting announcement all them years ago. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. guess I should thank well, you for that here. Tell, tell yeah. J.K. Rowling we said hi. And by the way, yeah. ask her about Scorbis next time you see her. Scorbis. Let us know what she says. I, I, I can't <laughs> believe nobody has asked her about this. <laughs> I know. Oh, but, but, also, but also try and get to the bottom of the lavender brown thing. Are you aware of this, um, Evie, that, that lavender brown's uh, life or death has been in question for years now? Oh, wait. We don't die? know. It's it's on Pottermore. They're not the being clear. Well, uh, huh? well, does she? Yeah. She's she's certainly attacked by Gray Grayback, but you know he his mo is attacking children and leaving them alive. Are you like, serious? Oh wow. He well he yeah. has enough restraint to stop eating somebody so that they will be because he wants to make as many werewolf abominations as he can. Right. Oh. So on Pottermore, th- this whole story in a nutshell is. Um, her bio was changed, and it initially had said, what, that she survived? Presumed yeah. dead, and, and then they just got rid of it. Yeah, oh, so yeah. So, Ooh, so controversial. Presumed... Right? Know, right? Uh, so since you have the open line to Joe, we could really use that answer. Okay. <laughs> and also ask her to come on the podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Tell her how much fun that you had, how nice we all are, okay. uh, and, and we yeah. promise to be nice to. It's been 12 years. I mean, Haven't you interviewed her? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Just, just Emerson. Um, oh, just yeah. Emerson, yeah. But, oh, that's a long time uh, ago. Well, anyway, you're I'll always welcome know. back, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me know yeah. if there's any episodes related to things I'd be interested in. Are you doing any Lovegood episodes? I'm down. Oh, yeah. Well, well, we'll see. We'll do maybe a dive back into Xenophilius and, and Luna. Yeah. Maybe. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. And one quick note. We will actually be off next week for the 4th of July holiday, so we will see you after that. We have a Fantastic Beasts commentary episode coming up very soon, and we are also going to do a mailbag episode in the coming weeks. Catch up on your feedback. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. I'm Evie. <laughs> Did you Perfect. want me to say that or Thanks no? Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Evie. (laughs) Thanks, Evie. We'll see everybody next time. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.